Welcome back to On the Path. It's the last of us. I'm Brett. Lucy's and here. I'm, yeah, I'm Lucy, and this is the last of us. Oh it's shit! A new show. I'm so excited. I know this. Jesus, it was tough. Not tough. I shouldn't say that. It was 80 minutes. Watched it twice. Yes. Some parts easier than others. Oh my god. Yeah, I I don't know what I was expecting. Like you know when you watch something and I I can't remember what I was antip anticipating. But yeah, there were several moments where I had to pause it and like take a moment and it just kind of exceeded all my expectations, I think. I'm like, I'm fully hooked. Oh, and that's the thing too, is I didn't look at anything specifically said, like any reviews mm. other than like the five or six that I saw were just, this was knocked out of the park. This was yes. amazing. And so the bar was just set all the way to the top. And I mm -hmm. watched the episode as everyone should for 80 minutes on a treadmill. You did the full thing on the treadmill? I did the whole thing on the oh treadmill. And so there may be some tearjerker scenes here, which we'll get <laughs> to. We'll get to. But for the most part, we're going to jump right into it. And because this is so long, and I don't know if we're going to do this for every episode, but for this one especially, we're not going to go scene by scene. We're going to cover the first part over the actors and the main characters from this episode. We are going to cover essentially the prologue scene by scene because it's short enough and it's yes. so goddamn good. How could we not do that? And then we'll kind of have some main topics, main points, stuff that stick out from there. So if you are new to listening, you know, we try to keep this as more as like a chat kind of thing. It's not really structured. It's a casual. Yeah, it's a casual thing. We may kind of bounce off the walls a little bit and go back and <laughs> forth as I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Remember the thing we talked about like 15 minutes ago? I just remembered something. <laughs> Yeah. That's how we like to do it around here. Yeah, it so if you are new, though, welcome, welcome. And uh, yeah, you want to just get right into it? Yeah, let's go. All right. So we've got the synopsis, courtesy of Wikipedia on here. It's a very good one, too, because it kind of has the whole episode. Mm -hmm. In 2003, a mass fungal infection sparks a global pandemic and turns its victims into bloodthirsty attackers. Joel flees with his daughter, Sarah, as the fungus starts to spread, but she is killed by a soldier who attacks them while Joel is saved by his brother, Tommy. 20 years later, Joel lives in the Boston quarantine zone managed by the Federal Disaster Response Agency, or FEDRA, as a smuggler with his partner, Tess. When Tommy fails to contact them from his location in Wyoming, they try to buy a car battery from a local dealer, but is in instead sold to the Fireflies, a rebel group that opposes FEDRA. Attempting to retrieve it, they find the deal has gone awry, and Marlene, the Firefly's wounded leader, begs Joel and Tess to take young Ellie to the old state house in exchange for supplies. They are caught by a soldier while sneaking out. Ellie stabs him when he tests him for infection. When the soldier tries to shoot her, Joel beats him to death. Tess realizes Ellie is infected, but Ellie promises them she will not turn. They, tur they enter a biological contamination area to flee the pursuing Fedra soldiers. That's a great synopsis. That is an amazing synopsis. Like, did yeah, that come from HBO or something? <laughs> or if someone random did that, that is very, very nice. One thing I had to Google when I was watching the episode is how far is Wyoming from Boston? Because like to Long me, it could ways. it could have been like could have oh. been like twenty minutes outside <laughs> the city. It could have been like further than I don't know. I, so I Googled it and it was like two thousand two hundred miles from Boston yes. to Wyoming. So like thirty two hour drive, which in a normal conditions would be hard work. But be. in the current conditions that Joel is in, it's going to be even harder. Yeah, and essentially that kind of tells you what the series is about. One thing we didn't say that we'll get to here is there will be no spoilers from the games. 
mainly because Lucy hasn't played them and I played it so long ago I don't remember too much yeah I'm kind of like after watching the first episode I'm like oh do I wish I could have played the game first a lot of people said to me don't watch the series until you play the game and I'm like sorry I do a podcast like I (laughs) I can't wait but I feel like it would have been you know, a lose lose because if I played the game first, the show kind of be spoiled. If I play, if I watch the show first, the game's gonna kind of be spoiled. So, I'm happy either way, I guess. Yeah, so far it's done a pretty good job of being like pretty similar. So I think they're actually yeah. gonna stick kind of on that. The gamers well. seem to be very pleased with it, which is always nice to see. Thank Christ that Thank we've avoided God. that for now. <laughs> Yeah, we'll now see. We have there's still, still seven more episodes to go. There is. One thing we forgot, though, is we didn't mention what we were drinking. Oh. I pulled out something special for Did this you? episode. I'm going to be super I'm going to be super upset kind of with me. OK, because the whiskey that Joel is drinking, the bottle mm. looks like Jefferson's Ocean. I don't think it's it. It might be like this Calumet or something. It might be like a little too wide for this Jefferson's Ocean. But it's this whiskey that was like aged at sea. And I forgot I gave that to somebody. Oh, I got no. really pissed because I was going to drink that on here to do it. But I've got my favorites. It might be my favorite. It's up there. And I'm showing Lucy right now on camera. Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Looks barrel good. Proof. It's 118 proof. So this sucker's strong. Weirdly, my drink looks about the same color, but it is a cup of tea. <laughs> Cheers. It's a cup of tea. It looks like tomato juice. It does. I know everybody, when I stream, everybody says, what are you drinking? And also yeah. the mug I use look kind of like a measuring jug. So they're like, are you just drinking tomato <laughs> soup from a measuring jug? Yeah. <laughs> but you mentioned earlier Wyoming, and this is what I, I get to geek out on things. It okay. comes up so much. At times I'm like, I talk about too much. But this is fucking in Texas, so I can actually talk about it. Yeah. It's in it's in Austin, which is like about three hours from me, but it also jumps from Austin to Boston, which is going to confuse people who may not speak English or don't know about that. To be like, why the fuck would they go to a place Austin, Boston? That sounds so similar. Yeah. And I wonder if, yeah. if people were like, are they in the same place? No, they're in Boston. Isn't that where he started off? No, that was Austin. It's Come like, on. No. <laughs> Boston is absolutely one of my favorite cities that I've ever been to. I've actually done quote vacations there twice. It's an awesome city. And then they talk about Wyoming is one of the three places I've ever lived. I oh, lived for you? I lived for one year in Cheyenne, Wyoming, because my I dad no was idea. my dad was Air Force, so I was born in Honolulu. Right. And after three years, he got stationed in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So, so no it's one way. of those that gonna sit. You get to go to Hawaii, but afterwards you're going to fucking Wyoming. So just <laughs> that difference there. And then from then on, moved to Texas since four. So seeing all these places, I'm like, oh, I've been to these places. Oh, I love that in shows. There's not many shows. Well, obviously, Game of Thrones was one that filmed a lot in Northern Ireland. And there's a very few places that are recognizable in the show. But when you do see them, it does like tug on your heartstrings a little bit. All right, let's get into the actors and the characters and the main ones from here. First off, Pedro Pascal. There's nothing to say. He's just, I love him. There isn't anything he's been bad in. He's so fucking good as Joel here. And you know he's good, and you know people like him because Joel Miller from the games, obvious like straight up Caucasian white dude. You know, mm. Pedro Pascal is from Chile, yeah. and you know again he's darker in there, but everyone's just like, dude, he's just so fucking good, he's and lush. he nails this role, and he's nailed everything else he's been in. Because usually people are nitpicky about stuff like that. People, especially will when a race changes, someone's yeah. different race, yeah. 
and yeah people just love him he's definitely i've written here he's the internet's daddy right now he's riding that wave every interviewer that stops him is going hey daddy and he's like hey mama like he's just fully up for it obviously we it wasn't his first job of course but he kind of shot to fame in game of thrones as oberon martell who is just you know, one of, heard of him yeah same same who's just one of the most charismatic characters and he was just awesome in that he's been in narcos which i haven't watched i haven't either no that's desire good, that's though. fucked up stuff there yeah and then obviously the mandalorian which i haven't caught up with yet either but he's you know hbo netflix disney plus he's a triple threat i'm here for it i saw where he had to get permission to do this show from disney in the mandalorian really yeah and i wonder if it's like this because they're actually going to overlap. The Mandalorian is yeah. going to come out, I believe, when the second to last episode, the penultimate episode of this season comes out. I think they the released a trailer today or something. So it was like Pedro Pascal Day. Yeah, I got super confused and it was in the Discord because I'm not going to spoil anything for Mandalorian, but there's somebody in that trailer. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? That person was gone at the end of Mandalorian season two. And then some people just like, did you not watch Book of Boba Fett? Lawrence, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm like, what? no, I don't like fucking watch it. I watched The Mandalorian. So anyway, I won't go down that road. But yes, he's great in there. And we talked about just charisma. He just fucking oozes it from Oberyn. It, this, and there was a Frontier. There was some Netflix movie called Frontier or something like that. Triple Frontier. And it's a good little Saturday go to sleep hangover type movie. Mm -hmm. He's just everything he's good in. And yeah, there's really nothing to be said. He nails this role. He does. And he's such a different character as well. Because I sometimes fear that when people are loved so much in one character that they end up just doing that character in different shows. But Joel, from what I've seen so far, couldn't be more different than Oberyn. Even though he's still charismatic and he's still like a joy to watch. It's a very different watch compared to Game of Thrones. Yeah, Oberyn was just a devil-may-care kind of person. Yeah. Nothing was going to face him. And obviously, Joel here is just straight fucking trauma exactly. that, that he's going to go with. Mainly that trauma is going to come from the death of his daughter, Nico Parker, who plays Sarah. And I'd never seen her in anything before. Have you? This is, I think she has four credits on IMDb. The first three are relatively small. She's only 18 years old. Um, I figured out, when I was doing my Googling of her, she is Tandy Newton's daughter, who okay. is, she's a big uh, British actress. She was yeah. in Line of Duty and she's been in loads of stuff. Um, but as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, fucking course. Like she's her twin. She looks and there's dead on. Exactly like her. But I mean, she was so good. And I she just looks loved... so much younger. What? Uh, you said she's Parker? 18. Yeah. She's 18. Yeah. Yeah. They make her, her and Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey's 19 or 20, but they yeah. are amazing at making them look super young. Yeah. It looks like she's supposed to be some, maybe like 14. It looks I like that's, that's high right. school, maybe a middle school. So she could be 13 yeah. or something like that. But no, she, she did an amazing job because. If you're not crying at the end of the prologue and just like how they did it, oh, they knew what they were doing. The one bit that really stuck out to me is when Joel is carrying her because she's like injured her ankle. And one of the, I don't know what they're called at this point, but one of the infected people is chasing them through like the, a diner or something. Mm -hmm. And her wee face, because obviously she's being carried. So she's watching behind as this thing chases her. Her wee face is like pure horror. And in that moment, she does look just like a tiny baby girl. And this is what fucking annoys me. 
because like it's straight nepotism, right? You know, it's like, oh, she's Dan Newton's daughter. Of course, she got a leg yeah. up, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, yeah, but she's good, though. She's actually amazing, though. So I, I it's know. Okay. And I, I hate <laughs> it when because every time I see that, I'm like, good, I get the bag on nepotism and all that shit. And then they're good. I'm just like, all right, well, well, fuck you then. <laughs> we'll no, let it go this time. We'll let it go. But she she was great bawling on that treadmill, just fucking like crying like, no, I'm oh, good. Honestly, <laughs> like, what's this fucking dude doing? It's horrific. Like the, I, that was the moment I had to pause the episode, like after the prologue ended, and I was just like, I could feel it in my chest. Like my, yeah. I was just like, oh, I need to like take a moment here because whatever happens next on screen, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be paying attention. Like I need because I just need to process what happened. I kind of, obviously, I haven't played the game, so I don't know the story. But did you think that was gonna happen? I thought that was gonna happen because. I know that the main, like the main pairing of this show, is Joel and Ellie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was kind of like, I feel like something's going to happen to her, but I don't know when. I don't know how soon. I don't know if it's going to be in this episode or if it's going to be in episode five. So I wasn't prepared for what happened at all. So I was prepared for it because I knew it was going to happen, and mm. I still, it still hit me because again, this is just, it's all in the acting because, like I said, I knew it was going to happen. It's the delivery, the emotion. And the yeah. way that Pedro Pascal, I'm just going to call him his full name. He's not Pedro. He's Pedro Pascal. No, he's Pedro Pascal. He's Pedro Pascal. Or daddy. The way they deliver it, I'm just like, how the fuck do they do this multiple takes? Like, how I do know. you do How do you do that? And then cut. Okay, reset. Five minutes. Get ready. And then they- Wipe your tears and do it again. But to me, it's not just being able to deliver it one time. It's being able to do it over and yes. over for hours on hours. And then mm -hmm. who knows? That might have been the first shot of the day. It may be like fucking 4.30 in the morning. It might have been mm -hmm. the last shot of the day at like 2.30 in the morning. You know, who knows what it was yeah. or when it was done. And I'll just forever be amazed at the ability to just recreate that over and over again. Yeah, like completely in awe of people who can put on performances like this. Like for me, it was like the moment when the soldier gets the confirmation that he has to shoot them. And oh. Joel is just like, we're not sick like and he just kind of begs with the man and he's hopeless it's horrible it's so horrible what's not horrible is gabriel <laughs> luna played by tommy this dude again just immediately take a drink every time and i'm not gonna keep doing it but the key <laughs> to stuff like this is the casting and so oh, far yeah. their casting was perfect all their charisma was perfect this guy gabriel luna who was from texas he's from austin so he oh is. yeah you know, you know, I was going to like him. That was nice to see. <laughs> but again, it goes through the same thing where Gabriel Luna, like this dude isn't, quote, white Caucasian. He's playing Tommy Miller, but it, you don't think about it. Like I didn't sit there and think of oh, this guy doesn't look like a Tommy Miller or anything mm -hmm. like that. It just felt like those two were brothers. They're little back and forth. And then with Sarah at the table there when they're talking about Uncle Tommy and blah, blah, yeah. blah. It was just great. I love this dude. And I forgot. I didn't forget. But when he doesn't, you know, he's missing, as they say, you know, he gets separated after the apocalypse or whatever. I remember thinking mm -hmm. like, damn, I wanted him still in the show. Yeah, I didn't really know what was going on. But yeah, their brotherly dynamic is perfect from the get go, I think. Like you can tell there's a lot of love there, but obviously they like banter back and forth with each other a lot. But yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on with Tommy's story at the moment. Obviously, I know when when we get to after the prologue, they haven't heard from him in like three weeks, and that's kind of the set off of the story. But I hope that we get to see him again because I really like Gabrielle Luna also. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, 
after the break, not the break, I guess the apocalypse, whatever you want to call it, Anna Torf, who plays Tess, and not Carrie Coon. That's a running joke about is it Anna Torf or is it Carrie Coon? And oh, I admit, <laughs> I kind of was getting that. I'm like, I think I know who that is. I've seen her in a lot of things. I was like, is this Carrie Coon or is this Anna Torf? And I remember her from Fringe. Did you ever watch okay. that show? No, I, I went through her IMDb and there's she's done so much, but I, it was nothing that I'm really familiar with. This is kind of my first introduction to Anna Torv. Did you see uh, Mindhunter? No, but that one did jump out at me. And I was like, I feel like I was supposed to watch that one, but I didn't. Okay, Mindhunter is uh, criminology, psychological, all that stuff. I think they have like mm-hmm. the BTK killer and it's like profiling and all of that. Netflix, it was David Fincher, I believe, kind of mm-hmm. did that. So that's a big thing amongst people who love like true crime and criminology. And Fringe was a sci-fi show like the mid-aughts, I want to say. I think I was in college when that came out. Right. Sometime like 2005-ish or something like that. And it was the guy from Seventh Heaven whose name is escaping me. I don't know that. Not Seventh Heaven, Dawson's Creek. It was Dawson. Okay. Not Dawson, that's James Vanderbeek. <laughs> who's the Who's the friend? I, I know, I'm running I don't know, I didn't shit. watch any of these shows. Joshua Jackson, Mighty Ducks. Okay. You see Mighty Ducks. No, I don't know what that is. Okay, that's the next Patreon that we do. Okay. He <laughs> um, he's in it, and I think Denethor was his name from Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. You've yeah. seen that, right? I have, but only once. Okay. They're in there. Big sci-fi show. I think it was J.J. Abrams. So I know yeah. her from that. She's great, and we'll definitely get into uh, the character of Tess later on. Because that's one of the other things I want to talk about, like the main things, yeah. is uh, the portrayal of all of them. Next up is, is it Merle? Dandridge? I, w- I would say so, yeah. Yeah, Merle Dandridge, who plays Marlene, which it should have sounded familiar maybe to people who played the game, because this is the voice actor. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And That is. I, you know, they did a motion capture for The Last of Us game, right? So she wasn't mm-hmm. only the voice actor, but she was she played that whole character. And I think, what a cool opportunity for her to come back, you know, nearly 10 years later to reprise the character. I wonder... That she's one person I would love to be able to speak to and just talk about like the differences and everything. It is curious also that she appears to be so far the only one that got that. I've heard that the actors that played Ellie and Joel in the game do have characters in the show, but maybe not main characters. Also, and also, uh, Nolan North, who played a character, I believe he. No, he was picked by somebody else. His character was played by someone. But yeah, Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker, I believe, They're in do the show. have smaller roles. And I think the role that Ashley Johnson's going to play is a show-created character. Oh, cool. I did not see them in this episode, so they no. must come around later. That'll be exciting to see. That is true. I wonder why Nolan North didn't get one. Because I can't remember the name of his character from the game, but he's not in it. Hmm. Oh, well. We'll see. All right, last main character here to talk about. Is probably to me going to be the most important character of the show. That is Bella Ramsey as Ellie, and we obviously know her as Leanna Mormont. Lovely little Leanna Mormont, and I I watched um, Bella Ramsey on an interview, one of your late night shows. I can't remember the name of the guy. She said she was eleven when she started Game of Thrones. She was eleven. She was eleven when she started Leanna Mormont. Shit, that would have been like seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Damn. And she, Leanna Mormont, was such a badass. I love that character. She was just so stubborn and just love. And I remember hearing her do interviews and she was like, I'm going to miss standing in a front in a room full of men and just shouting and belittling them. (laughs) And them nodding in agreement. I'm just going, okay, yeah. (laughs) My favorite. Oh, my God. My favorite Leanna Mormont moment was when she wasn't even on screen. It was the note that she sent to Stannis 
when Stannis oh. was going to offer John to legitimize him. And she said, he goes, do you know this wretched girl? <laughs> and he throws it. He's like, and she says in there, like, dude, we will bow to no one. Or we know no king of the north except the, whose name is Stark or something. But yeah. just Stannis going, this wretched little girl. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's so She's fucking so Stannis reaction. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite is where John and Sansa go to visit her and they're trying to convince her to send soldiers. And I can't remember the exact number, but he's like, how many men do you have? And she's like, 50. <laughs> and John's like, yeah, this has been pointless. And she's like, you know, we're not we're not many, but we're noble. And she's so proud of her, like what everything that she's got, even though it's so little, I just thought that was, I think that was probably the first time we met her in the I show. Was. And she was, she was awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was Something a great like entry for her. Bear Island, one Bear exactly. Island soldier fights for every like 10 or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So my thing with, so far with her, she didn't get to do much in here. No. And it's going to be the crux right here. Because like like I said, we talked about Pedro Pascal. He's going to be good. We knew he was going to be good. And then we saw already here that he is good. The crux of the show is going to be them two. It's going to be them two's relationship. And so I have confidence, you know, that she's going to be able to do it. Yeah. And But it's just going to be, this is going to be it. Like if it's if she can get into that, because again, her character right now is obviously going to be a little bit different as they're introduced. But she is going to be the key, I think, to really putting the show I think over the top. I think so. And there was, I, I wasn't sure what to think of Ellie's character because when I, when we first meet her in this and she's just basically telling all these people to fuck off and she's screaming and like pulling at these chains, I was not expecting that from her character. I thought she was going to be like a timid little girl. Oh, okay. I really thought she was going to be like, you know, Pedro or sorry, Joel was here to protect her and he's going to like swaddle her and she's like a little baby and needs to be looked after. But I was not expecting her to be like, f-bombs all this and that um but then there's a moment at the very end which we can talk about later where i saw something change in her and i was like okay there's something i don't quite like about her at the moment but we'll see how that develops in later okay. episodes okay so those are all the main characters shall we get to the prologue yes that opening scene first of all the opening scene here, and I'll admit, when I first saw it, and it says it's 1968, and mm. it's just so stereotypical, like 1968 news roundtable, mm -hmm. and it's three dudes talking. What took me out of the scene initially, what took me out of the scene initially, was instantly recognizing the host as Josh Brenner, who plays mm. Big Head, Nelson Baghetti on Silicon Valley, which I know we've talked about, and I need you to watch that show. It's the ultimate binge show. Okay. Like COVID show. He plays the most <laughs> just aloof, goofy, <laughs> fail son character. His character arc in Silicon Valley is he's an idiot and he fails upward to the point <laughs> to the point of where at the first episode he's basically getting let go from his friends like company. He eventually becomes the president of Stanford. Because <laughs> it's a running joke on him just failing upward. And then mm. John Hanna, the Scottish yeah. guy here, who really gives the, you know, dissertation on it, he's from 1999's The Mummy which he I still is. maintain is one of the single best adventure movies I've ever seen. It's as fun a movie as you're ever going to have. Oh, fully. That's one of, you know, that that's one of the best. Ones. It's always on, there's a channel here called ITV is on telly. It? And it's like one of those films that it would just be on on a Sunday or it'll be on loads around Christmas. And you're just oh, like, yes, awesome. I'll just put it on. doesn't matter how far into it it is. We'll just whack it on it's, and just leave oh, it up. It's so good. Such a fun film. So good. But I didn't recognize the first guy. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I recognize Josh Brenner, but I don't know him from anything. 
Really? So I don't really know why I recognized him, but I did. So, but it didn't take me out of the scene at all. And then Josh, John Hanna is just, was just amazing. I didn't realize he was Scottish. Yes. And he just, he, he looks like him, but again, that was 20 fucking Jesus fucking Christ. How was 1999, 24 years ago? That's sickening. Someone shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> like, please do. But he's, he just looks so much older. And yes, he's got that, you know, that bro going there. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting here. And they're just fucking monologuing. And this dude's talking about fungi and they're talking about pandemics, which obviously holds a much bigger thing after COVID. Honestly, but it goes to me. And we talked about this off mic when we started. We need to really just stop starting the podcast before we hit record. (laughs) Like we did before. One of us needs to record as soon as we get off. Just hit it. (laughs) Just hit it and be like, yeah, I'm just going to edit that, weave that in there. But as they're doing this, they're talking about this fungi infection. It's just three fucking dudes talking on a stage. And I am enthralled. It's so, there's something so chilling about it. And like you said, anything, any talk of global pandemics now is it just hits everyone. Like it's a universal thing. It's not just, oh, that's something I personally have been through. It's literally everyone. And they obviously know that. So they can use that to to their advantage to get that. It really sets the tone of unease right from the get-go. And what, what struck me is that it's, like you said, it's from 1968. And then we go up to 2003 three or something there's been all that time and just nothing's obviously been done like this guy's obviously sat on telly and talked about this in great detail of what he thinks is going to happen and just nothing's nothing's obviously been done about it well you can see the funny thing about it is they're like this can't happen now he's like no it cannot happen now but let's just say a wild fucking thing that maybe the temperatures get a little bit warmer it's Mm -hmm. not gonna happen but let's say if it does Then this may happen. It'll be an evolution change, which, you know, now we know with climate change and all that, they've kind of weaved it into there to do it. And I'm like, okay, because that was always the thing from playing the games. And I remember this from Planet Earth when I used to teach geography. I play Planet Earth at times and Mm -hmm. it shows what happens in here, this fungi outbreak. Now, it cannot happen to humans, but it shows it fucking happening to like insects. Yeah. And this where it goes in and it starts doing it. And I'm just like, holy mm-hmm. shit. And I think it's a big reason why like Neil Druckmann did it is because this is based in reality. Exactly. It feels very real. And like you said, I was reading loads of articles today about this, like cordyceps. And he was like, it was easy to write because everything that happens to the humans in the show is exactly what happens to the insects or whatever creature is getting infected by this. Like it's very real. So that just makes it all the more scary. But they do make a good point in his speech that it doesn't let the host die. Yes. So that to me was like, okay, that they're Puppet. making a point there. It doesn't actually, the, the human doesn't die. That's so, so much that worse. That to me is like, it could be cured possibly. Like the person's still in there. It's just been taken over because like the only other zombie thing I can relate it to at the moment is The Walking Dead where it's like, no, they're gone. Like the person is dead. But the body's just walking around. Whereas this one, that felt a little bit different to me. Like that felt like a very, a point they were trying to make you remember or maybe notice on like a second watch. Um, you know, they all don't look like, you know, fuck it. No, never mind. Yes. Okay. No, I am nodding in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, so they talk about this, the cordyceps outbreak, this fungi talk. And I do like that it wasn't played up. Is this is a madman. It wasn't played up for laughs where yeah. the host is just like, all right, we'll be back with more crazy talk. You know, they took it super serious. <laughs> yeah. They show the crowd and everyone's just like, oh, shit, like maybe mm-hmm. they can believe it. And it super fucking freaks out the host. Yes, it does. Because initially you can tell that he's trying to 
laugh Lighten it off. The mood, yep. Lighten the mood. To, you know, he makes a little joke to the audience, like, where do you get your LSD? Like, uh, you're <laughs> where crazy. do you get yours? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then you're right. He, he eventually just goes, yeah, we'll go to a break. You can tell it like unsettles him enough that he's like, yeah, well, let's cut this. We're going to go to a break and we're going to end up in 2003 in Austin, Texas. I got my hat. Oh. I got my oh, longhorns. Very good. Very good. Dun, 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 where was I in 2003? Mm. I still lived in Kent in 2003. So that was actually before I moved to Northern Ireland. Kent. Is that Kent, west? Yes. No, it's southeast. Southeast. Oh, close. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, the close. South, opposite. Southeast, west, same thing. What does it matter? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so 2003, we're in Austin. I also have like a burnt orange shirt on. I would, I don't even give that shit much about like Texas or UT. It's just now interacting with so many people like not from the US. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should play up the Texas thing more. Oh, and you so need to, like, yeah. Longhorns, I know. So I kind of do that. <laughs> <laughs> but 2003, we're in Austin, Texas. And what sticks out to me, and I will always do this since I ever failed to be a screenwriter <laughs> in those years trying to do it. A big thing about like a pilot and getting in is a day in the life and your mm-hmm. first act. And it was done absolutely perfectly with the show Breaking Bad. And if yep. anybody hasn't seen that, go rewatch that first episode. And it does the day in the life to a fucking T. And that's setting up a story with this typical day. And we follow yep. Sarah. And this is the most boring ass 2003 day that you can imagine. And at the end of this, it's completely different. Whoever your protagonist is is then profoundly changed and it sets them off on this inciting incident. And so mm-hmm. this was just done so fucking good here. It was because it it felt like just, you're right, it was just like a boring, typical boring. day. Nothing was going on. It felt like It felt like everything that was happening with her dad and her uncle Tommy was very typical. Like it happens all the time, even though she's, you know, disappointed he hasn't done something. It wasn't a shock. It was just normal. That was her day to day life. So yeah, when she then eventually goes to bed that night and is suddenly woken up at like two in the morning or whatever, it's completely different. And it's it's sad because you know what it was before now, instead of just being dropped in to the apocalypse, yeah. oh, you've yeah. had that taste of what it was before. They wouldn't have done the prologue like this if we're not supposed to remember that Joel is profoundly changed by the death yeah. of his daughter. Like it's, yeah. it's what makes him, you can say it's what breaks him into whatever it is. And mm-hmm. it's what he's going to carry. And, you know, I'm not going to compare this to other shows. I'm going to try his best not to. And I won't mention, say, other shows. But this was, and I fucking meant to write it down. I forgot. The, the prologue, I want to say, was like 30 minutes, somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah. Let the show breathe. It was a buildup. Like I said, to make sure we have this typical day in the life, it has. To, it doesn't have to be boring. I wasn't bored watching it. I just no. knew that this was Sarah going through it. Oh, she goes to school. Okay, she needs a watch change. Oh, they throw her out. She goes to the neighbor's house. She looks through things. Trust us, the audience, mm-hmm. to understand this and trust yeah. your writing and trust your acting and your directing that we're still going to care about it because it does matter. If they would have taken this 30 minutes and made it 20, I don't think it would have hit as hard if no. we only saw her for five to 10 minutes go through this and then boom, 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 we got to go to it. And so this right here, I wish networks and shows would understand you can have a slow buildup if the mm-hmm. writing casting and directing is there they just did it so perfectly as well because it was a slow build-up but there was a few little things that made you uneasy like all the police cars going past the shop you know something there wrong. was you know the woman then kicks her out of the shop for no reason tells her to go home and then the worst one which is gonna make me like feel sick thinking about it is when 
um, Sarah's looking through DVDs or books on the shelf next door and you can see we old Mrs. Adler in the background but it's so out of focus you can't even really tell what she's doing but you can tell there's something not right because up until now that woman's just been sat not moving not talking not even breaking her eye contact so to see her suddenly just even moving is so unsettling but then it's just back to slow it was almost an unnatural movement yeah it was it was fully weird yeah i would hope that everybody watching would have noticed that like in the background oh god they must have yeah i hope so because the music gets a bit tense as well doesn't it it does and it's could be like why are we still watching her and you see her in the back and it's just stuff like that to me that is just so fucking good at building the tension yeah and see because like i said i knew what was going to happen based on having played the game Mm-hmm. But that right there is just God. And I don't know if it's a sort of Damocles kind of thing. And you know, something bad going to happen because the show's called The Last of Us. And you've seen the post-apocalyptic poster. <laughs> like, yeah, you've seen the trailer. Like, you know, something's going to go down. You've seen. I'll tell you what. I honestly, I only watched one of the trailers. I didn't watch any of the ones after the very first one. Yeah, I think I only watched the main one also. But yeah, I know from I, I've tried so hard to avoid the game and everything. But I know like the, you know, the main main plot. I you, guess. you knew it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like I mentioned, we're going to get things out of order because like, we have, you know, Joel and Sarah have breakfast, that relationship with Tommy. She fixes when she stole that money. Is she going to like steal this money for something? And then, oh, OK, got the watch fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, which, again, is one of those things. It's just like, did I remember that correctly in there? But they did a great job of showing that Joel is a workaholic. That yes. He's very working class, has to work doubles. And, you know, they talk about the quizzing when they talk about Jakarta. <laughs> Asia is not one fucking place you, you know, you yeah. go to. She's the capital of Indonesia that yes. he's working his ass off, that she understands that he has to do it. And mm-hmm. they fall asleep watching the movie together. I know. It's super sweet. And then as soon as like Tommy rang, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Just let them have this moment. It's his birthday. But yeah, it's a perfect little like father daughter relationship where. You're right. She does. She fully understands it, but she gives him shit. You know, he forgets to bring the cake home and she's like, come on, like promise you'll do that again next time. But you know, you're right. She totally understands that he has a lot on his plate. And I think that's the thing too, is her understanding. She's not spoiled. She's She's not not entitled. She's not a brat. She didn't throw a fit. She's just like, oh, he fucked up again, but he's not fucking up because he's out drinking. Like, exactly. Unlike maybe yeah. Tommy, and they do, you kind of get that in there too. It's like, how do we show that Joel's a responsible one, that Tommy's not? Tommy's like, I got arrested. Yes. And he's smoking in the car. And I do love that they put in that he said, you have to bail me out Friday. Otherwise, I'm in here all weekend. Cause that yeah. is in the moment. I've never been arrested. I haven't, but I've dealt Ooh. with people who've been arrested. And that is the case, unless that has changed within the last several years. Really? If you are in there like a county, because he said Travis County, which is the county Mm -hmm. of Austin, here it would be Tarrant County, where if you're in there Friday, you're fucking in there till Monday. You are not getting bailed out. You're not doing any of that shit on the weekends because they're not fucking in there. How would have Tommy's story turned out differently if he had been locked in there all weekend? Yeah, that would, yeah, I guess it had been a jailbreak. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's out. (laughs) Joel would have had to go do it. Now is the inciting incident for the most part. All hell breaks loose. Sarah awakens to loud noises. Obviously, she doesn't know where Joel is. She goes next door to Mrs. Adler. And of course, as soon as I hear Adler, I think Red Dead too. Sadie Adler. Yeah, I'm like, Sadie's next door. Go get her. She'll be fine. (laughs) But this also in, in another thing that I like about too, is when you, like, this is Texas, right? And you got to do the accents. And it's like, okay, Pedro Pascal's just doing this. I appreciate that he wasn't doing like a, 
big time southerner accent you know no one was doing like a benoit you know, blanc just well <laughs> benoit blanc is like plantation owner or like old <laughs> old sec booster alabama booster here like that's just the old like that but the neighbor like mr adler i looked it up that actor's from lubbock he's from west texas and he lives in dallas oh no way like an actual texan because nobody i've never heard anybody doing a texas accent that wasn't from Texas, do it like it's from there. Because again, those subtleties, it's hard to, you know, that everyone would know being from a certain place. This poor dude. And he's just barely holding he's been on. chewed and, up. Ugh, the horror. And then Mrs. Adler is, God. This is, this is horrible. horrific. And I didn't know going into this what the zombies, or zombies in inverted commas, I didn't know what they were going to be like. Because obviously there's so many different zombie films and television shows. And sometimes... They're completely slow and kind of, they don't have a brain, so they can't work doors or climb even. So the ones in The Walking Dead, all the series of The Walking Dead I've seen is like, if you just put like something in front of them, they can't, like they can't go over it or under it. Like they don't have the concept of climbing or crawling. They just walk. <laughs> we we so, need to start using one that we've both seen. Yeah. We need to, yeah. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, yeah. So they're kind of like that too, Shaun right? Of the they're dead slow. Zombies. Yeah, they're, they're very kind of slow. Whenever we see Joel and I keep going to call her Abby. Who's Abby? Sarah. Abby? Yeah, I keep going to say Abby. Abby is The Last of Us 2. Is it? Okay, maybe that's somebody's been writing yeah. it somewhere and I, that's where I'm picking Don't it up. Don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> but I see Joel and Sarah, Sarah and they get they get chased by one. That The way that moves as well, it's absolutely terrifying. The speed... And the way Nana has like a mouthful of hair when she's like chewing on the other. Oh, I can't cope. So yeah, I don't was like these zombies. I thought that was the fungus. The fungus. Well, I wasn't sure. The first time I watched it, I thought she's just got a mouthful of your woman's hair in her mouth. But then what you're saying now is it's the fungus. I believe, and I could be misremembering this, and I've also had now a half a glass of this uh, barrel-proof whiskey. I want to <laughs> say that was one of the changes they made. Was All this right. was more like a fungus? I think feel like I'm fucking up this analogy here. They changed something from the games to this, but what I got out of that that was like the fungus. Yeah, you could be right. I think we'll see. All right, because well, on I'm the right. second watch, <laughs> yeah, well, on the second watch, I thought it looked more fungus-like, but on the first watch, okay. I thought she's just chewing on your woman's hair. I'm not gonna lie. I, the second time, I'm like, I know what's happening. Ew. I can yeah, look I don't away. Even this. <laughs> I just got like the. The old man bleeding out there. Oh, Horrible. It's terrible. It's it's quite intense. And especially we Sarah's face as well. Like these are the people that are her neighbors. And she's kind of coming over to, for a bit of company for the older woman. And she's just seeing them all on the kitchen floor. Like that's traumatizing. And you can see it in her wee face. Okay. Let's, let's, well, I was going to say let's move on to something better, but it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. <laughs> all right. Is. So. Uh, Joel and them arrive. He yells at someone named Denise, which is weird to me. He name dropped Denise. I'm like, did I miss who Denise was? Is that <laughs> like a girlfriend? Okay, I don't know. It's the neighbor, get... right? He was the, the neighbor, neighbor, I guess. Yeah. yeah, he yells at Denise to get back in the house. Like, how about Denise come with y'all? I don't know. Anyway, we don't need to get hung up on that. Yeah. So they take off. And what I love here is this is where the directing comes in. And oh my God. we're getting the camera from basically Sarah's point of view. We're in the back seat and we're going dead on. And we're not yeah. like when they're making that U-turn, we're just going straight. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck are they going to turn into? They're going to turn mm -hmm. into something here in that frame. And we know it's then Mr. and Mrs. Adler mm -hmm. we see coming out. 
Yeah. And the way they shot this, just the fucking terror and intensity of it just just had me on edge. And the only good thing that I'll say is when they come up to that little T intersection, mm. we see this is Austin and San Marcos. And is it? Yeah, and San Marcos is where Texas State University is. Party town. Oh, okay. Well, I had to go to San Marcos every year to play Texas State when I coached college right. basketball. Texas State was our main rival of UT Arlington. And so we'd always go down there. You know, it's just so many things that people are seeing. But when yeah. it's in kind of your backyard, it feels, you know, you know just somewhat kind of special seeing it. Oh, no, absolutely. Anytime I see somewhere from Northern Ireland, I'm like, I've been there, I've been You've there. Been or there. like, were you watching Game of Thrones? Because I've been to like everywhere in Game of Thrones now. I've done like the Northern Ireland one, the Dubrovnik one, the Iceland tour. So now when I rewatch it, I've been, I'm like, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. And it's like, yeah, it's just like, it makes it so much more special watching it. But this yeah. scene, yeah, you either get like a shot straight on of Sarah's wee face or you get like what she would be seeing from the backseat of Turning the car. Turning around, yes. And it's just, oh. it's so immersive. Like you feel yeah. like you're right there in the car with her. That's a perfect word for it, is you feel just that terror with it. And they get through the like mini town square, which again, it, everything everything I looked at where it was filmed was in Canada. Okay. But, but even that little town square, there's a million of those on almost every single like texas city and town where you have yeah. this just mini town square right there and it's just the panic it's the mob and you know they can't really run over people like yeah you don't want, you don't want to run over people one because you don't know if you're killing like normal people and also it's gonna yes. fuck your car up and it's like get trampled fuck your under car up. yeah but then man the planes going overhead at first yeah the plane crashing i'm not gonna lie that shit looks so fucking real it's scary. And me just watching it, I'm, I don't want to fucking watch this anymore. I was getting legit anxious when it fucking yeah. crashed. Because it's just like commercial planes, isn't it? It's Yeah. Because it, at first I thought, is this the army jets? But it's not. It's just. No. I don't know if there's like trouble going on on the planes where people are turning on the planes into zombies. I don't really, I don't know if we use a Z word in this game. Uh, There's going to be a word they use for other ones, but yeah. they haven't said it yet. So I don't want to say it. Infected. Um, infected infected i was gonna say we can just say fucking zombies like yeah. we know what they are but you can say yeah. infected that's fine there might be people getting infected on the planes and it's just causing trouble but that plane crash on the middle of the road is horrific like it's so scary and initially i thought they were going to get away and then something just flies off and hits the car and it just is it's horrible yeah and then the they get separated sarah can't run anymore joel has to take her away tommy you have the gun you're able-bodied oh, no. carrying on like please don't don't separate please don't <laughs> please figure something out this is when i started panicking thinking this isn't gonna go right moments in the show where it turned into like a horror for me when they're being chased by this infected and it's interesting because the way the creature or the human zombie is like running around it's like it's just got legs for the first time can't control it's running through doors and then it just can't stop it's not got any control over what it's doing. It's just flying all over the place. So it feels like it's like a freshly infected thing and it's going absolutely wild. And this was the only really part of the episode where we see it. We had a little bit of Mrs. Adler, obviously. But yeah. this whole scene, you know, that chase through the diner and everything was a minute? Yeah. 90 seconds, maybe? I don't even know. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the thing when I've told people, promise you, this is not about fucking zombies. Yeah. Even when in the That's show exactly in the future, it's not going to be it. I'm like, the, the pilot is 80 minutes and a quote, zombies attacking. And it's just kind of setting the world, if you will, 
it's not about zombies it's about like what would happen in a post-apocalyptic world what would happen about how humans would react to that and zombies is just the threat now yeah it's the driving force of why yeah of why it's happened it's more like the existential threat Mm -hmm. that caused even the big greater existential threat of people all right we've been delaying it but let's get to yeah (laughs) let's get to this part so they are saved from the infected almost said zombie there by the infected (laughs) by the soldier but as you see there are yeah radioing it in you know infected blah 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 yes sir yes sir come again like say say that again that was the moment yes yes sir holy shit you know what they're fucking saying just by this dude's inflection and then as soon as he says i'm sorry repeat i was like no this can't happen and then i was thinking tommy's got a gun like come on save the day I'm glad he's there. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't care that they twice pulled this out, like, back to back. Just in time, somebody shoots it. Oh, just in time, somebody shoots it. It's why the show is here. You know, if Tommy was there 30 seconds earlier, then it wouldn't be the show. Be then it would be something story, different. Yes, yeah, yeah. sorry, and that's not the story. So I'm not going to be like, oh, they should have done that right there. But yeah, the uh, Sarah gets shot. And she slowly dies out. I fucking sobbed. Like, I can even feel myself trying to cry right now. I'm going to talk about as much as I can before I start to choke up. Mm. But there is, and I'm not going to say what it is, there is what I would consider an Easter egg in what Joel kind of says to Sarah. Yeah. That's kind of from an ad-libbed moment of the game that honestly hit, that honestly hit even harder for me. I couldn't. And I watched it the first time on the treadmill, kind of tearing up, (laughs) crying. I couldn't. I think I was actually the first time I watched this was, you know, on Monday. And I was like, okay, because usually when I watch stuff for podcasts, I sit at my computer, I have my Google Doc open. But I was like, no, first watching, I'm just going to sit in my living room, watch it on my big TV and not write things. And I had to pause after this moment. And I was just like, this is too much. Um, But then I so I thought second viewing, I would be okay. You know, I know what's coming. It's fine. So I sat here at my computer watching it up close and I got, you know, I could see Pedro Pascal's face more clearly. And I was just like sobbing. Like, I don't cry that often at TV. Like I might get a little bit teary eyed, sobbing, emotional wreck. That's like, that's the acting. And that's why, that's why he's where he is. is That's why he's in. A-list actor, and that's why he got the role. And yeah, him just the baby girl and just baby girl. Oh, and then like it's it's horrible because you see her initially panicking and she's there, and then when he picks her up, she's gone. It's horrific. She's like yelping, and we don't see like a slow moment of her closing her eyes or anything. She's just gone. And that's and I and and I love that too. I love that too. Yeah, because the person doesn't know when they're gonna fucking die. They're trying yeah. to hold on. They're trying to hold on. And then they're fucking dead. A traumatic moment. They don't, they're probably not, you know, they're not going to be thinking straight. And especially a wee girl who doesn't have a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. Been the most traumatic day of her entire life. She's not going to be like, I love you, daddy. And just, uh I wonder, do we ever see the after? Like, don't, obviously I'm not asking. I've learned to like preface some of my questions from streaming to be like, mm-hmm. I'm not actually mm-hmm. asking this. I do that too. I'm the no just spoilers. thinking out loud. I'm thinking like, out loud. <laughs> I'm thinking like, like, don't, I'm asking a question, but I don't yeah. actually want you to answer. Like, I would, I wonder if we would ever get to see the aftermath of that. I, you know, what happened we, after. I hope we don't. Yeah, I don't think same. We need I to. like that it's left. A big thing that goes and we can lead on again. Y- y'all are finding out why we're not doing scene by scene because we'd be here for like three fucking hours. <laughs> yeah. Of doing it. So, so now we're 20 years later and okay, we need to show Joel is hardened. Do we say it? No. We see the inf- kid that gets infected. 
and yeah. we don't get told, hey, 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 audience, this is that kid that we just saw. No, we see his shoes. We have to make that connection. You have to pay attention it's to at least that. Tall. The one girl, the one woman, I should say, is like, I can't do it. And Joel just looks, okay, I can. And he takes this fucking boy's body and dumps it in the fucking fire. Like he has for thousands, how many days he's been doing this, we don't know. And that right there is showing, this is a hard motherfucker right here. He doesn't even pause. He just literally dumps the kid in. In that moment, you know that he's changed from the loving who would yeah. have done anything for his daughter and now he's just not soulless because i think he's still obviously got a soul but at this point we don't know yeah you don't know at so this in this point, moment i'm like know. god like he has really changed and i don't know where it's gonna go and that was a great Sad. way of, of showing it quickly it's great oh, storytelling sure. it's yeah. great writing and it kind of goes into one of the things i had which is joel's trauma and it goes into obviously he has this PTSD from losing his child. We see that by at the end of the episode when yeah. the soldier, the guy he was providing drugs to, yeah, <laughs> and you know, is holding the gun as he wants to shoot Ellie for stabbing him. We see the flashback to the soldier and he fucking snaps and essentially yeah. beats this dude to death. And this mm -hmm. is where we get that. All right, he's still holding on to this 20 years later. And there's also various moments where he tries to sleep and we can hear. Sarah screams or you can hear Tommy shouting and it's like the exact same as what we heard, you know, in the prologue, however many minutes earlier. And you just think, God, it's been 20 years and he's still hearing his wee girl's screams. She was 14 at the time. She should have been in her mid thirties now, but he still hears her as like a baby girl. And it's horrible. Like thinking that every time he tries to sleep, that's all he hears. His last memory of his daughter was her bleeding out from a gunshot wound by a military soldier you know not by an infected yeah. one killed by infected was yeah. killed accidentally she was purposely essentially shot and for no reason like she wasn't sick yeah it was just oh so pointless i don't know there's no doubt in my mind i think that would be it that i think that would happen if they if something like that went down mm -hmm. if they see that that's it okay it's an infection kind of thing fucking shoot them get rid yeah. yeah you're being ordered to do this you're just you know you're just a gunman this is what you have to do and he said to you know, before he was about to shoot Joel, he's like, I'm sorry. I hate that he did that. It's fallen orders. It's no longer Just covered. Orders. It's exactly, no longer yeah. covered under the Geneva Convention. They made sure that at Nuremberg with the Nazis <laughs> at World War II, that was literally it. That was so many oh. Nazi soldiers' excuses was I was following orders. And at yeah. like Nuremberg after that, okay, no. And so That's all those people. Yeah, because it's such an easy thing to do because technically they were. You can't go murder hundreds of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, and just say you were just following orders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now that is no longer covered. All right, so a big thing that comes up here also is the fireflies. Yes. And this is, you know, they called, uh, Tess called Marlene the Che Guevara of Boston. I loved that moment. I, d I didn't know what who that was. What is Che, what did you che say? Guevara? Che Guevara. Uh, yeah, well, a... I meant to Google that. Oh, yeah, revolutionary. He was close with Castro in Cuba. Oh, yeah, it's being like Bolivia, okay. South American revolutionary. Okay, so she's comparing her to them. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I don't know how to take that reference, so I'm gonna take it. It sounds like it was a slight, but I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm not gonna see it as that. I'm gonna see it as a compliment. So <laughs> I don't really know how that. to take it either. Yeah, it's a weird one. I noticed at one point in this scene, it wasn't the fireflies, but it was the Fedra, who are kind of like the what you have written down here, the military dictatorship. People are getting hanged now out in breaking public. Curfew. It's like a public public execution for simply breaking curfew or leaving a zone yeah. or entering a zone, not just getting a slap on the wrist here. You're literally getting publicly executed. So I think that was quite a good introduction 
to the new order of things. And it may be bad, but at the same time, you go outside and you get infected and you bring that yeah. shit inside where you're not supposed to be. It's a quarantine zone. You could literally fucking kill everybody. And that's another thing, too. We talked about it being an 80-minute episode. They had a lot to get in, and so they had to introduce who the Fireflies were, who Fedra mm -hmm. was. And, you know, they did that by primarily through Joel and Tess who are operating like in the middle. They're not on either side of them. You know, they're smugglers, essentially. They're smugglers, right? Yeah. Smugglers. You know, the whole point is Joel's trying to get this car battery so they can get out and they can get to Tommy in Wyoming and they can't get a battery. They keep getting... <laughs> Like, it feels can... very much like a game, like a side quest. Yeah. Like, we need a car battery. Okay, right. He has a car battery. Okay, but you have to do this for me. Well, that's, yeah, the okay, main quest. quest. The main quest <laughs> the would main be quest the, battery. Is the car battery. Yes. And then it's, oh, you got to get this. Oh, this deep fucked. Okay, well, we can go here mm -hmm. and into that. So I did like the way they introduced it and the sniper free Boston motherfuckers. And yeah. <laughs> the police come up and Tess has just had a shit day, hasn't she? Yeah, really shit day. She's been beat to fuck. She gets blown up out of that house. Then she gets taken in by Fedra. It's wild. But she gets back to Joel eventually. He does. And this kind of goes into my main thing that I loved about this. And it goes mm. back to just vulnerability and toughness. And to me, I'll primarily talk about this in the women that they show because it stuck out to me more than anything. And the yeah. introduction of Tess, we're introduced to Tess in this, what I thought was kind of like a bunker, but obviously it's just his fucking room. She's yeah. beaten up and she got roughed up by this guy's boys. Wasn't meant to. And he's worried about sending the her back to Joel because yeah. Joel's going to want, and obviously here they're together. Joel and Tess, you know, are pretty much, I think you can say they're an item here. The introduction of Tess here, we see that she's fucking tough. She doesn't do anything badass, if you will. She doesn't fucking kill all three people in here. She doesn't yeah. have a fucking quip. Okay, it's forgiven. Whatever. You fucked up. Like, I'll be okay. Just let me go. That's it. And you can see she's just fucking over this shit. And then even yeah. later on, she doesn't do anything. It's just her portrayal and the yeah. resilience of her getting her ass beat by those guys, getting back to Joel and saying, like, look, I'm fine. Fuck it. And they fucked up the battery. But it's okay. Like, we'll move on. That's what we do. This was the fucking best way I've ever seen introducing. And I, I feel almost like in a sexist way of saying, oh, it's a good way to introduce a tough female character as opposed to a male character. I just never seen a male character introduced like this. But if they do it this way, I think it's good too. So just introducing a tough character, this was fucking amazing. Apart from, I think, you know, Joel and Ellie were great, but like as a semi-main character, second character, she was one of my favorites. And I loved that about her. Like, especially as soon as Joel saw her face, he was like, Ridge, and like, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to go beat those ass. And she I'm just knew exactly, yeah, I'm a man. Like, let yeah. me protect your honor. Yep. Uh, she just knew exactly what to say. She was like, shut the fuck up. Like, don't take be a, a dickhead. Breath. You need take to take a breath. a breath. We're going to do this in the smart way and we'll get it done. I want to fuck this guy up. Yeah, we're going to get I revenge. I want you to fuck this guy up. We're going to get revenge. We're going to get everything we want and more. But stop being an idiot and let's do it the proper way. And you're right, She all, all she had to do was just talk. She used her words. She's smart. She thinks three steps ahead of everything. And I love that. I think she's a class character. Other one next is Marlene, who, again, she's the one in charge here. And, you know, her assistant with no ear. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to say, like, what's going on? She's like, follow fucking orders. That's what you need to fucking worry about. And so we kind of yeah. get that toughness there. The end when all hell breaks loose and they kill that dude and she's shot. It's the same thing in there. They could have easily shown her fucking taking out three people and doing all this yeah. stuff. But it's like, we don't fucking need to see that. We'll see mm -hmm. her being tough and surviving in the sense by her actions of not doing any action and her yeah. words in that sense and her straightforwardness. And then the reasoning 
with Joel and Tess, where it's the same when Joel puts the gun on Ellie. She's like, oh, no, on me, on me. Yeah. Like, she can do it. You don't have to have the fucking quips. You can just have an actual yes. fucking realistic character. Exactly. I loved her moment with Ellie as well, because everybody up until this point has went into the room with Ellie and just kind of, you know, speak one to ten. But Marlene goes in and, you know, sits right beside her. Ellie's got a knife and she just kind of shows a little bit of compassion for her situation, treats her like a human being. And that gets what her what she wants. She doesn't have to be tough or fighting or throwing herself around. She just uses her human nature to get that out of Ellie. And I love that. She's like very clever. And the introduction there too of that she's the one who has apparently mm. known about this for a while. And they don't say it. You know, they leave us to figure that out. Oh, at the yeah. End. She's like, I've got something important to tell you. Don't tell anybody or you will be killed for it. And that, you know, she's the one to do it. And the little bit of humor. And I know I've in the past, maybe some episodes I've railed about having humor in like serious situations. I don't know. Maybe I just had bought into the show already. But the little bit of humor from Ellie when she's like, are you my fucking mom or something? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, funny. Do I look like your mom? She's like, no, yeah. <laughs> I guess you don't, but that's just, oh, you put it there. You my mom? No, no. Yeah. I like it. I like the humor in that moment because Ellie is just a teenager and a teenager in that kind of moment, especially someone like her who's rebellious and pissed off. She would make stupid snarky jokes like that. So I think it's appropriate in that moment. It's not just like a stupid quip. I don't even know if it was a joke. I think she might have yeah, legitimately, like the first, been, legitimately been like, fucking oh, mom. are yeah. you my mom? <laughs> And then, but then the second bit where she's like, "No, you don't." Yeah, like, she's like, "Do I look she's like being your mom?" A bit snarky there, yeah. Okay, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the also the other bit too. I know I'm probably people are gonna be like, "Oh, you didn't like the other stuff." I don't know. It just worked. It's in that hallway when Joel, you know, the standoff there, and when I was about to say Merle, but that's <laughs> that's the actress's name. Um, her name just fucking slipped my mind. Marlene. Marlene. When Marlene is like, I trust you two to take care of this thing with Ellie because I know what you're capable of. And Ellie's just, what are they capable of? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's like, oh, shit, what have they done? In Who there? are these people? Yeah. Who are these people? She's intrigued. Yeah. But hitting on, and again, maybe I'm just around too many high school girls in general. I don't find them tough. Ellie trying to be tough. They're going to come for me, motherfuckers. Oh, she's trying to be tough. That's so cute. Like, I just, I don't yeah. find them tough because maybe because I'm around there. But again, thing here, we talk about, oh, she's just trying to be this badass. Is she going to be this precocious badass girl? You know, who knows all this stuff? In the hallway, there were moments here. And this is what gives me so much fucking hope for Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Is when she's down on the ground, like she's scared looking up at Joel. She turns to Marlene and is completely fucking vulnerable. And gives her a yeah. look of just, please make sure what everything's okay. What am I doing? Yeah. Are, are, is everything okay? I'm the star of the show. I'm going to get out of it. Like she's fucking nervous. And that vulnerability she comfort, shows to yeah. Marlene, okay. You can tell that she trusts Marlene. And then in the moment, she almost is like, what the fuck are you doing? You're sending me away with these two random people. Like I thought we were going. And then Marlene's like, go get your bag. Like right now. I like that moment. Cause she was kind of almost like her mom in that moment. She's like, go get your bag. You're going on the with your uncle Joel. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Yeah. She wasn't this hard hitting little girl in that moment. She was scared. Everything connecting yeah. in there. And then them two are together. And she deduces this code from the eighties songs, the sixties, the seventies, eighties. And that was that was 80s good to see. 80s means trouble. 80s means trouble. Code broken. She's very clever. I like yeah. that. 
oh the radio's been off like what happened it's like she tricked me too <laughs> oh that she's like yeah something wake me up before you go go you know who that is right i remember the name isn't it wham is it it's wham right i don't know but i'm gonna check it immediately i don't think it is you don't oh no it's gotta be george Michael, oh it is right? it is it's, okay, it's yes. wham. yeah you're right sorry 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 <laughs> i know my wham hey i was born in the 80s so yeah you were i wouldn't know there's this. actually a there's a saying here where i live in in newcastle because you know they speak funny here and you would say when, when if someone was to say it's warm outside where geordie says warm be like oh it's warm it's warm outside wow. so if it's a saying here that it's a bit george michael because it's a bit warm oh that's <laughs> terrible <laughs> so when i first started heard moved here and everyone's like it's a bit george outside in it i'm like what the fuck do you mean by that and then when someone explains it, I'm like, that is so dumb. It's <laughs> but I love George it. It's a bit George outside. It's a bit George God. out. A bit it George is. Michael. That is a localism. It is. That it's I never would have known. Do you have anything? I loved Infected, Joel and, oh, I keep going to say the actors' names instead. Joel and Tess are see like a zombie type creature in the wall. Oh, yes. I loved that moment. And I did a little bit of research on who does the, the prosthetics and the makeup. It's a company called Barry Gower, a guy called Barry Gower, who also worked on House of the Dragon, did Paddy's face, did oh, Vaman's chopped off head. Damn. And he also worked on The Witcher on A Grain of Truth. Really? So, yeah, the they villain. do everything. Yes, they do so much stuff. You have to, I have to follow them on Instagram. They do amazing work and it just looks so good. Uh, so it's nice just to see a little something from all three of our big shows at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That thing was a good introduction to yeah, maybe something. But yeah, we also should mm -hmm. say that this was the second highest premiere ratings wise of the last 10 years following Outside outside of the Dragon. <laughs> outside Follow of the Dragon. Out outside of Outside <laughs> of the Dragon. Following House of the Dragon. Yeah, it's a big release. So I think we pretty much have main topics and scenes down. And I, if there yeah. is anything, we'll open this up. If anybody, again, is listening for the first time, or if you're a long-time listener in general, if there is something from an episode that you really want us to hit on or talk about, tell us in the Discord. We'll make sure to hit yeah. on it for sure. You know, like, there's so much to do. We would literally be here all day. We would. If we did scene by scene, we'd be here till all hours of the morning. For me, anyway. <laughs> Maybe for you, if we went well, too long. <laughs> it, it'll be all hours of 6 p.m. Okay. <laughs> so my final thought here, how would you do during an outbreak like this? Because this is going to be one of those things. And I'm going to hold on to it. Because okay. if there ever is an outbreak like this, I'm glad I got these guns. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm glad I got these that. guns. I'm glad I'm in Texas. <laughs> Yeah, I always think that because especially I feel like I've talked about The Walking Dead 50 fucking times, but it's my only it's my most recent zombie thing. I always laugh at The Walking Dead because it's set in Atlanta. Yeah, for the most part. And they all have guns. And I'm just like, fuck, if they if The Walking Dead was set in the UK, it would be so different. Like Shaun of the so Dead. Y'all are like Shaun of the Dead. You better go to the Remington. Darts. Yeah. That's um, a re oh, my God. I have to the cut that. Winchester. The Winchester. Oh, no. Yeah, I think it just means we need to rewatch Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, we'll do that in Discord one day. The Winchester. Yeah, y'all would be fucked. We would be fucked. Or we just have to be a little bit more inventive. Um, but I've bat. literally had this had this plan since I was about 15. There's a big shopping supermarket here called Asda. I think it's partners with Walmart. So it's the same sort of thing as Walmart. And I would just go there. They've got fucking everything there. 
and especially the one in my hometown, they've got a massive ground floor where they've got clothes, they've got gardening supplies, gardening tools, they've got food, perishable and non-perishable. And then they've got an upstairs, which has got like a locked area. So I could just go live up there at night and then come down. You've got, you'd live forever there. Yeah, but the one, the one person in England with a gun would keep all of y'all at bay. Yeah. <laughs> he would be mm. the fucking king or them, a queen. Yeah, the queen. <laughs> Either way, whoever had it would be there. Yeah. My plan yeah. is this. I'll reach right up here with my rifle and my handgun. Where are you going, though? Where are you going to make camp? Where? Yeah, I'm going to Asda. I don't live close to an Asda, though. I'd probably go to Sainsbury's. Or no, I've Martins. always said this. Martins. I've got plenty of whiskey, liquor, tequila, everything. As I long as I got propane then. for a grill, I'm just going to fucking grill and drink and shoot anything. And when I'm out, I'll die. Yeah. But I'll have I'll have fun doing it before then. <laughs> I always think that I'm like, if if there is an apocalypse, I don't know if I want to be here. Oh no, <laughs> like no. I, I don't want to live in in fear all the time of being eaten alive. No, I would. I know it's easier said than done, but yeah, I if 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 it seemed like it would be a dead ass breakdown, which obviously it would be, I'd get fucking liquored up. Just meet up with some people and be like, let's just go fucking kill as many of these fucking things as possible. Yeah, let's take dead. as many with us. Yeah, yeah. Let's take as many. With, you know, it'd be like the um, not Minas Tirith, Helm's Deep. And Lord of the Rings, just mm. like, let's fucking one last ride out and yeah. I'll have my bottle of tequila and my whiskey. I think that would be a good way to go. One thing I did notice in Sarah's bedroom in the prologue, she has a poster of Destiny's Child. <laughs> Do you think Beyonce made it out or not? Oh, man. We already see that before. Get in formation right there. <laughs> form up the fight. All right, ladies. <laughs> That's a whole other thing, too, because you mentioned that. And when they showed the classroom, they had the picture of W, George W. Bush. They did, I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, that was 2003. And then mm -hmm. what I liked even more so was 20 years later in the camp, one rando, I keep saying, I keep thinking to say NPC instead of extra. I'm just going to start <laughs> fucking saying NPC. One guy yeah. had a Gore Lieberman shirt. What's that? Gore Lieberman was the ticket, the Democratic ticket that lost to Bush Cheney in 2000. Oh, okay. A hotly contested, probably fucking overturning. Yeah, the Supreme Court. Anyway, that was a whole other fucking thing. But Gore <laughs> Cheney won. I'm sorry, Bush Cheney won. Gore Lieberman was the losing ticket. So when I saw that Gore Lieberman, I was like, oh, shit. That was That's the last funny. election that ever would have happened because I never would have had 2004 because that shit happened in 2003. Oh, my God. Yeah, of course. That no would have been the last president. Yeah. That would have been it. So it would have been, oh, fuck. Now I'm thinking uh, George W. Bush is 100% like the military dictator of the whole country, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, he must be. Oh, man. No. Is he going to make a cameo <laughs> in the last of us TV show? The last George W. Bush cameo was in Game of Thrones when they had his prosthetic head on the spike. Did they? That's so funny. You remember that? You don't remember that? No, I don't remember that. Well, maybe that's HBO. Maybe they're going to use it in the they, last one. They edited it out. There's a big brouhaha. I remember when that happened because it was just a prosthetic company. Okay. And they're like, look, we just had random heads. We just stuck them, stuck them on there. One just happened to be George W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? So they've digitally edited it out. That's, that's so when funny. Joffrey was showing Sansa Eddard's head. Oh, yes. And the initial viewing, like W's head was right next to that's class. I know. I just remember that being, I just shaking my head being like, that was that an accident? That I don't happen. think that was yeah. an accident. That couldn't have been. Someone's like, I just put W's head up there. No one's going to notice. Like instantly someone noticed. <laughs> right beside noticed. Sean Bean. <laughs> right beside Sean Bean's. But all right. I think, um, you know, we don't ever rate stuff here. This was a fucking amazing episode. It had the highest bar to clear. 
it was incredible despite it being so long even my second rewatch with the notes it pretty much breezed by yeah it it's fucking hbo they don't mess around outside of john from cincinnati which i'll only <laughs> ever mention right now and anybody who ever seen this like why the fuck did he mention that why did he send me back to john from cincinnati thinking about that fucking show hbo doesn't miss and i don't think they're gonna miss here this is fucking incredible and i'm so glad we chose to do this I know. I'm so, so excited. And I love as well, they're bringing the game to PC and I think it's releasing either the week of the penultimate episode or the week of the last episode. So I'm just so excited to get my teeth into that as well. And I think they've timed it. I mean, from a selfish point of view, I would have liked if they released it like last month, but they've obviously got their reasons. I'm sure they're all working together on this to release everything at the right time. So I hope it goes really well for them, the release of the game. I'm absolutely certain it will, but yeah. I'm just so looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be massive when that comes out. And I've decided again mm. to stream. I'm actually going to stream the first game yeah, on, like, on like Thursday nights, mainly to promote the podcast. Haha. But I'm also <laughs> only going to play the game up until the point in the show. So however That's long a good that idea. is, That's yeah, so cool. it'll be no more than I think, you know, like a couple hours. Because again, this one again goes pretty, pretty in line, you know with what happened so i think that'll be good and it won't be a spoiler for anything you know that's happened in the show yes exactly so that should be fun but i think we can call it here it wasn't too long was this like an hour and a half i can't remember what time we started <laughs> i don't we, we talked for a wee while before we recorded yeah i don't so even remember don't know. what we even talked about before if we left stuff out from this one but make sure again to go to our discord if that's your jam tell us different things in there maybe stuff we missed maybe stuff we got wrong stuff to add and especially about stuff you want to hear us talk about for episode two we do have a channel in there that is non-spoiler where it is yep. no spoilers from the games or anything that may happen and we also have a spoiler one that is oh so full of spoilers already so yeah i have had to mute that one <laughs> mute it come back in march mayor actually as long as it takes you Probably to play April. games october oh it takes me when so you finish it <laughs> so you'll be back in there but it is very spoiler if you have played the games last of us one and two check that out a lot of great discussions there as well check out the youtube the youtube how old am i get on the line and check out the youtube i was gonna guys. say check out the youtube channel but i didn't say that i just said check out the youtubes uh yeah tiktok and that <laughs> stuff in there we have shorts and clips in there we're gonna try to do more of them uh the yep. witcher ttrpg we're definitely gonna do some more of them i've been working on that instead of sometimes the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah to put that together we're gonna do some more of those if you like yeah, ttrpgs all that to do all links down there instagram twitter and the patreon in there uh we're currently re-watching doing a watch materi of the witcher season one the next one we need to do is the gin episode gin. bottled yeah. appetites where yin and Geralt meet yay yay we also covered all of house of dragon which we went extensively into those we geeked out like crazy those episodes are like two hours long they got super fucking long at the end but that one we actually covered like the episode and like a scene by scene thing the other one we yeah. did, the Watchmen Terry Then We had a couple of random Game of Thrones in there, too, because you've picked your favorite Game of Thrones episode as the Viper in the Mountain. Uh, the mount Mountain in the Viper? Viper in the Viper Mountain. Mountain in the, mount. in the, vi mountain viper in the Viper. Mountain. Whichever which way around. Yeah. Which is Mr. Oberyn. Which is Oberyn getting his fucking head smashed in. <sighs> I don't know why I picked that as my favorite. It's not my favorite, but it was fun to rewatch. Yeah, I guess we we'll have to do it again. So again, check out those links for sure. Lucy, where can we find you? You'll find me at Lucy J. Robin on pretty much any social media, but mainly on Twitter and Twitch and a bit of YouTube, actually. Yeah, I'm currently streaming 
uh, Cyberpunk, my first ever playthrough of Cyberpunk, also doing my third playthrough of The Witcher 3, kind of going between those two games at the moment. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm going to pick up Cyberpunk for the third time. I'm going to try yeah, it once I give finish it a go. Yeah. The Witcher. Well, I have twice and we'll see. I love Cyberpunk. <laughs> I'm really into it now. I, yeah. I know. Yeah, I can see why you might get a bit like, oh, okay, like I'll stop here. But I'm so into the story right now. I love River Ward with all my heart. River. All right, you can find me on Twitter at the Fox Bride Four on Twitch and Instagram at the Fox Bride. I'm currently playing The Witcher Three, doing a. It is technically not a no armor run because I'm wearing Yin's dress. However, yes, I had kind of a bit of a snafu where apparently I was, I was using a very under leveled sword. Like I'm oh. level thirty and I was oh, using an eight. You tweet this? Yes, and I got stuck at Imlarith, and I looked. And he's using a fucking, I don't know how, how I did that. I have to go back. Mm. I have to go back. But the good thing is we get to stay with the witchers again and have a drunken night out with them again we to go back. That. Because I'm going to start wearing Yen's dress instead of the towel. It was a towel, now it's Yen's dress. And a bunch of kind of challenge run stuff like that to do it. It's fun. But until next time, join us on the show as we get infected. <laughs> <laughs>